we bought a shitload of fireworks in Virginia. A okay. shitload. And we had Roman camp. I mean, we had the we had the works. So Tim goes out to the van, grabs all these fireworks, and comes back up to the room. And they're all still out by the poolside. So he decides to take these Roman candles and like these like cherry bomb things. I don't know. Nothing that would have caused anybody true dismay, but Start shooting fireworks at people, all right? Like, regardless of how uh, how light I'm trying to put it, he's shooting fireworks at people. Hey, I'm Brandon from Promises Cap Collective. This is the Hey, How's It Going Show, and I'm here with Caleb Kerr of the band Stay. Caleb is also a live streamer who goes by Mended Wounds on Twitch and YouTube. Hey, Caleb, how's it going? What's going on, Brandon? Thanks for having me. Cool, man. It's glad to have you on the show. Uh, your band's fantastic, so I wanted to have you on and ask you about it. So first off, plug everything and anything you want. Chat at whoever you'd like to. Do, do all that good stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, I would plug the record first. Uh, so we tracked uh, and recorded, did the whole nine uh, at Retro City Studios in Philly uh, of March of 2019. Uh, from there, we released it October uh, 31st, Halloween of 2019. So it's been out for a couple months now. Um, we recorded with uh, Jake Clark, who uh, is currently of Webbed Wing, formerly of Super Heaven or Daylight, however you want to okay. distinguish them. Um, that was a super cool experience. So uh, shout out to Jake for sure on that. Um, that was uh, that was huge. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's got 12 tracks on it. Uh, it kind of ranges from all kinds of different uh, types of alternative where it's got softer sides, heavier sides. Uh, it's, it's definitely well-rounded, in my opinion. I'm very proud of the record. Uh, it was my first record um, recording guitar on or being this is my first band I've ever played guitar in. So and, uh, it's definitely been a, a super awesome uh, experience all around so far. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, plugging wise, I mean, we're on um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. If you just look up "I Will Never Ask You To," uh, which is the title of the album, uh, that's the easiest way to find us on all platforms. Whether you're using anything from Facebook to Spotify, Apple Music, um, there are a couple other uh, independent singer-songwriters uh, with the name Stay. There's actually like a DJ from Europe that has uh, like a pretty solid following. I mean, it kind of gets a mix-up on Spotify occasionally, but. Uh, we are not that person. So uh, we, uh, if you look up, I will never ask you to all one word. Uh, it it kind of spreads you across all the platforms and you'll be able to find us just from using that. So um, yeah, it's pretty easy to find us. Um, as, as you've said, the band was stay. So you'll see, I will never ask you to, and then stay. It's kind of a play on words. So. All right, cool. Uh, how did you choose the name stay? So. Uh, the band formed uh, as an acoustic project uh, from our vocalist, Madison. Uh, she was from Florida originally, and she had a few songs that she had um, wrote and recorded and released on Bandcamp exclusively. And I had come across the tracks because her boyfriend is one of my good friends from Jersey. And uh, they, uh, I'd met her a couple times, checked out her music, and I was a huge fan. So I was like, you know, hey, I could really hear this being a, uh, a full band's project. And I would definitely be interested in doing that if that's what you would be interested in doing. So she uh, she was all about the idea. Um, you know, we got the current lineup that we have now and it's it's been seamless. So with the with the name itself, it was stay. Um, but the, the 
Instagram handle and everything like that, she had a song that had a lyric at this in in the song, and it said, "I will never ask you to stay." And she kind of just pulled that from there. Um, that's kind of like what the basis of the album is about. It's kind of like not pressuring into um, keeping anybody around for um, extended period of time against their will. So um, that's where the uh, that's where the name came from, at least for the album, and then also for the the band name. It's kind of just lyrics. All right. So why is it all one word? So I think that was more of a, um, I think that originally came uh, from just the fact that on Instagram, you can't make spaces. So she originally, when she had made uh, the Instagram and even like the, um, the Twitter handle, since you can't space anything out, there's, you obviously can't make a space in your handle. So uh, the song that she had pulled the, um, the name from was titled, I will never ask you to. And she really wanted to kind of roll with that. And the fact that the Instagram handle was that uh, the our social media platforms were or at her time, um, they were just, I will never ask you to. So that kind of transferred over into uh, we were working, we we're going to do this as song title, or we we're going to use this as the album title, kind of fit better as the album title. Uh, so we, we wound up going with that and just kept it one word. And it kind of, it kind of just, it kind of grabs you, uh, you know, over the years I've been in bands with like, you know, gigantic names, you know what I mean? It's a mouthful to like cough out to somebody, you know, this is just much easier stay. Um, but again, trying to find you know, the name stay specifically, especially if you're trying to promote it to somebody that, you know, doesn't know any of your songs, they've never seen you before. So if, even if they were to find the right thing, they wouldn't be able to latch onto that and know that it was you because there's multiple results that come up when it says stay. So, I will never ask you to being the album title and also all one word. It's kind of just like an eye grabber. So you're kind of just like, Oh, what's that? You know what I mean? All right, cool. Yeah. Nice. That uh, emo vibe got it going. Yeah. Uh, so what can you tell me about your, your song? No Pearl and its music video. So no Pearl was uh, a lot of fun to uh, write and record and uh, shoot the, the video for. Uh, so that was one of the, um, that was one of the songs that Maddie had originally before it was a uh, full band's project. And she, uh, she really had this, like, she, she was going through some, she was seeing other people go through a couple different things um, that uh, she wanted to really kind of express throughout a song. So the, the lyrics uh, is oyster without a pearl or oyster with no pearl. Okay. And it's kind of just like, empty inside but still beautiful so it's kind of like this like facade that you're putting out and that everything's kind of okay but inside there's really you have nothing to like there's no there's no emotion um so with with writing the song that's kind of like what the lyrics are based around and uh the video was super cool um we we were back and forth between storyline if we wanted to do like a plotted video uh, or just a uh you know, just straight through performance video. And we, we actually, it was super rad. So I have my neighbor works at this uh, big Broadway theater um, in uh, Vineland, New Jersey. And he was like, dude, you know, I just got a job here doing sound. Uh, they need me to have like a test run with all our new sound equipment. So would your band want to come in and, you know, do just a practice, you know, guys could come here and play for three, four hours. 
We're oh, like, really? oh yeah, of course we'd help you out. So then we're thinking, and we're like, well, how could we utilize this time better and just going to some place, bringing all our gear there, setting up, playing, and just having him test levels for three, four hours. We're like, oh, well, you know, our buddy Trevor Jennings, he, uh, shout Trevor, he, uh, he does great work um, with videography. So we, we hit him up. We told him that we wanted to shoot this. Fortunately, he lives in the same town of the theater. So it was a very short commute for him. He came over. He was stoked to do the video. And Maddie specifically said, and it's funny because she is not a fan of this band, uh, but she specifically said that she wanted a Slipknot Before I Forget vibe, if you've seen that music video. No. It's like still shots of the bands performing. There's no like motion camera. It's just multiple still angles from like a circular perspective around the band. Okay. And I thought that was like kind of a really weird reference. So I'm like, you, you're not in a Slipknot. So I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, so that's what we wound up doing. We wound up shooting at the at the theater. Uh, you know, still shot performance. We got great shots. I was really, really happy with the vibe that the video came out with. And it was really cool polar opposite from our previous video for Highway, which was basically the first thing that we released. Uh, it was the first video that we put out. And it was the highway was supposed to show the personality of the band. So like, we're all very happy people. Uh, we love to have fun when we're around each other. Uh, we always have a great time. We, we just connect and we click so well. So that the highways video really like kind of showed that off. Whereas No Pearl was like, here's us as a band playing uh, a really passionate song to us. And kind of wanted to give off the more serious uh, presentable vibe for that video. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've watched the video. It's really cool. I like the song. It's really good. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, I do really like this. You guys' music. It's it reminds me a lot of uh, what's that name? Um, shoot, uh, I, I stay. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band now. I just had it. Um, but I they're mean, from like Massachusetts and. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're uh, they're really good. They also have a female vocalist, and uh, okay, cool. She, uh, Maddie, sounds a lot like that girl in that band. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I'm all about when somebody says like, "Oh, you guys sound like this band." I always love when people send us stuff because I, it's I'm not trying to like give this whole vibe off that like, "Oh, we have such an obscure sound and we're we're way different than everybody." It's like, nah, like there's going to be similarities in every band. That's just going to happen. Uh, I, th I find it always cool because so many people have different taste in music. And when somebody listens to you, depending on their background of music or what they uh, classify as like norm to them, it's always neat getting their like, oh, you sound like this. You know, it's like I have a friend of mine that told me we sound like the Cranberries. I don't see it, but I took that as a huge compliment because I'm like, Cranberries are awesome. But it was just because Cranberries was a band that he jammed in like, you know, the 90s and that was like his jam. And that's the closest thing that he could pinpoint us to, you know? Yeah, the band I'm thinking of is called Save Ends. I actually had to look back in our conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, knew, I knew you had sent it to me. Yeah, um, they're really good, and you guys okay, are, too. Never check them out. Yeah, for real. Um, they, uh, you guys, Yeah, you guys are great. Uh, so Thank you. I had to ask you on the show. But All right, cool. Let's just move on with the question. So who do you want to thank for where you are now? Uh, personally, 
I would say, in if you were to be asking me as opposed to the entirety of the band, I would thank the rest of the band uh, because, along with others, but the reason being for that was that when the band started, I was playing drums. Drums is my first instrument, and we uh, we were having such a tough time finding a bass player. Uh, it was just super hard. All the like talented bass players in the area were either, you know, they put the instrument down and they, you know, were taking a break from music, or they were already previously tied to another band that they couldn't, you know, separate time for. So I was like, I'll play bass. I'm gonna I'm gonna play bass, and my my homie Bill, he'll play drums, and you know, let's hit him up. We hit up Bill. We got Bill to play, and. Then we, uh, I started playing guitar, and uh, we got Ian, who plays bass with us now. And it's been a really crazy experience, because I have played bass in uh, two previous bands before this one. And that was also a very, you know, uh, interesting and fun experience. But being able to, like, collectively bring forth uh, written songs that I've created on a guitar is a whole different vibe than bass or drums from previous bands and this really like set that apart and for them to be able to give me that opportunity uh to express myself in that outlet uh was really huge and like they push me um you know super far every time we get together for practice uh it's nice because we all file share songs so we're all constantly writing especially in this era of of time and what's going on in the world and everything so you know that's kind of all we have to do right now since we're not practicing we're not seeing each other i know we're, yeah. we're trying to abide by the rules and all so it's definitely rough we, it is it's definitely it's definitely really hit a uh, a big curveball and everything but we've we've you know we've overcome and we are overcoming uh by just constantly writing sending stuff back and forth to each other and you know the next time that we get together whenever we get the green light you know that's going to be that's going to be a serious practice for sure. So, I mean, I definitely, I definitely want to thank those guys personally uh, for giving me the opportunity to be able to express myself by playing guitar in a band for sure. Uh, Cause it's definitely opened a lot of outlets of creativity for me. Fantastic. So you said you're mainly a drummer, mainly uh -huh. a drummer. Yeah. I, uh, I got a guitar and a drum kit of Christmas of 98 and uh, both my uncles were drummers. So like at the time I was like, I want to be like them. Meanwhile, both my uncles were like, no, play guitar so we can jam. <laughs> and mm -hmm. like, that just like, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. It was just not, I couldn't like grasp my mind around at the time where it was just like, if I just beat the hell out of these things, eventually it'll start sounding good. And um, it, eventually it did. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just went from there and I've been playing drums and bands since I was 12, so. And it's kind of just spiraled from there. That's crazy, dude. What was your first band? So my first band was a band called A Thousand Witnesses. And we were, if you're familiar with a band called The Fear Before the March of Flames. Yeah. So we were a big ripoff of that band. We were like 12, 13-year-old kids, super young. And we found these like weird, obscure, like, the number 12 looks like you fear before the march of the flames heavy heavy low low found bands like that and we were just like this is the coolest shit i've ever heard in my life you know we're coming from like listening to like metallica and like enter sandman is like the heaviest shit you've ever heard and then like you hear like tragic tragic jacket from like heavy heavy low low and you're like oh my god so 
we wanted to emulate that. That was like, we have to play music like that. So it was just chaotic math core. Uh, our guitar player in that band was just like a mathematician. It's what he does for a living now, which is really funny in hindsight. But uh, he would come to practice with like his calculus homework and just translate that to guitar. And me as a drummer, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to play that, but I'm going to figure it out. So <laughs> I need to hear this. Uh, like, yeah, I can is that what math rock really is? Oh, man. Uh, distortion. Yeah. Distortion is bad, man. Um, but is that what math rock really is? Is uh, just math translated to rock? Well, that's at least what we had the idea of. I don't know if that's how a lot of the math core and math rock bands do it. I'm, I have no idea. Uh, there really wasn't. The funniest thing about us playing that music in the South New Jersey scene was there was no other bands. And we were young as shit. And nobody liked us. Nobody. We had like some... I remember we played this like this 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 venue in um, Seoul, New Jersey. It was called Skater's Choice. They would have shows there every Friday night, and that was like the spot every Friday. And like most people here every Friday and think like oversaturation, like oh, like that's got to get boring. No, dude, like that place was hundred plus kids every Friday. It was the middle of a skating rink, so you'd have a band set up here and you'd have a band set up here. This band would play. When they're done, this band starts. And, like, it was just, it was chaotic, thinking back. But That's us playing in a scene where it was all metal, metalcore, hardcore, like, all those subgenres, and we're playing blast beats with, like, really chaotic vocals and, like, just shreddy guitar. None of it made sense. Nobody liked us. It was the funniest shit. But we played at, uh, we played at that venue one time, and, like, this, like, dude in his like mid 30s was like dude you guys sound like the number 12 looks like you and we were like thank you <laughs> we were so happy and uh that was like the coolest thing and then we we were fortunate enough there was a venue in violent new jersey for years called hangar 84 and that was about the uh that was about the only venue in the southern area where you could play with touring bands on a larger scale so us being 13, 14, 15 at the time when this venue was popping off, there were gigantic bands at the time coming through there like, you know, um, Suicide Silence and like Winds of Plague and like huge de like death metal bands back then. They had like Circus Survive and Anthony Green, Fear Before played there. Uh, and then the number 12 played their second to last New Jersey show before they made their resurgence just recently. Uh, but uh, the band that I was in at that time, uh, we were fortunate enough to play their one of their last Jersey shows. That was insane. More like 14, 15, like idolizing these people. And we got asked to play that show because who the hell else was there to ask to fit on that kind of bill? <laughs> you know? That's crazy, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, so cool. what's your fear before the March of Flames song? What's your favorite? Uh, oh, uh, shit. What's that? Um... Oh, it's on the art of damage. Uh, damn, I can. It's track three. It's track three. The on taking the art Cassandra of damage. To the, taking is it taking Cassandra to the end of the world party? Oh, maybe track four. I don't remember which track that is. Should have stayed. Should have stayed, uh, stayed in the shallows or something like that. Is that what it is? Oh, dude, it's got like this sick guitar riff that starts off. It's like, super cool. I love that song. I only I got know that, like, that one song, 
And yeah. it's uh, taking Cassandra Lee into the world party on one album. I can't remember what album it's from. But... It was the one with like the palm trees, and it had like a beach vibe, at least to that artwork. And then there was the Art of Damage, which was their first song, or their first album. And then I got them on like a... I got them on like a sampler, but I don't remember what label they were on at the time. I feel like it was like Fearless or something weird. But uh, yeah, they got I got them on a sampler and it was just like mind blown. So yeah, that was that was the, that was like a pinpoint like staple for for music for me back then was the more chaotic the better the better. Yeah, I I'm not, it's not my favorite kind of music, but it's definitely interesting. I do. It's like hard to listen to now. I like listen yeah. back and I'm like, this was my jam, but like. Not anymore. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so you're a streamer. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a process. Uh, I, I play video games religiously every day. Uh, so you know when I'm when I'm not at work or doing anything else in my life, uh, video games is definitely something that I uh, have always been very passionate about. And I want to say like last year I fired up like just streaming live on YouTube and it was just not anything like I wasn't trying to be serious about it. I was just kind of just hosting to see what would, you know, if friends wanted to join and make fun of me or, you know, have fun or something, you know, I was, I was open for it. And, uh, when apex legends came out last year, that like kind of diverted my attention to that and that only. And I kind of stopped playing like single player campaign games and, uh, I just stopped doing everything. I just only played that game. And <laughs> it's kind of been that way since it came out because they, they kind of just grabbed me back in with every new season. And so that's what I currently do now. Um, and I got into the Twitch world about, I want to say it's probably been a week, maybe two weeks ago. I started streaming to Twitch. Prior to that, I was doing uh, strictly YouTube streams uh, and Facebook Live stuff which the Facebook Live, I definitely have a larger audience uh, just because of the friends list on there is much more vast. Uh, but I just put in an application to be a like in the Facebook gaming community. Okay. So where like they they host your streams on different community platforms, which is uh, which would be rad if that goes through. It's just kind of a pain in the ass because I'm a console player. So streaming from the console, I have to do a bunch of third party apps which is kind of annoying. I have to use this app called Omelette Arcade to be able to cast my image from my Twitch stream over to Facebook Live. It's a whole process. At least I figured it out, and it's simple now, but it's still extra steps than, you know, click and start. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't you just get, like, a capture card? Uh, so, so I did think about doing a capture card to the console, um, but it doesn't... So pretty much, I mean, I, I guess really the only thing that I'm losing out on is, like, a lot of the bells and whistles that, like, PC streamers have... <laughs> Or like they can get you know the banners and like the animations that pop up across the stream uh, when somebody you know follows or subs but uh yeah I, I mean i'm not really that concerned with that kind of stuff and i found out that i can set up different things uh because like i said i'm kind of just getting into this in the last few weeks so i was like doing research and stuff and there is things that i can do that give those bells and whistles i just can't see it on my screen that i'm playing on but mm. it'll be on the stream for any viewer to see it's a, a bot that i had set up so i got that all in place now which is which is nice but yeah so it's it's, it's definitely been fun man i uh, i'm definitely really enjoying it it's cool having random people show up and like you know say some encouraging words and the community just seems to be 
the community honestly in streaming seems to be a lot less toxic than the community actually inside the game itself. Yeah, it's uh, it can be de- depending on what platform you're on. I, I noticed Twitch is like not too bad, but I've seen some stuff too. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, like there's gonna be Twitch right now. There's gonna be people every and on every platform that'll definitely you know talk shit, but you know it's yeah as to be expected. But I just know that like in game people you know on your team. Will you know be talking shit to you, and it's just like, dude, like, well, same side at least for the next 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Like, you might as yeah, well probably. make friends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I look at it. But you know, people were like, oh, it's the internet, you know, don't take it so seriously. I'm like, dude, chill, yeah, like, yeah, dumb. Right. Like, why can't you just be a decent person? <laughs> exactly, like, that's how I look at it. You yeah, know, people are like, you're dumb, like, why would you take the internet so seriously? It's like, I don't, but like, I get it, like, it's a joke, but like. I don't know. It's, it doesn't make it any less annoying. Yeah, it's like you know, it's, there's joke. It's time for it's time for jokes, and there's time to take things seriously. You know, like, absolutely not everywhere. Yeah. Like, but anyways, um, so how'd you pick the name Mended Wounds? That's a, you know, that's a good one. Uh, that's a that's a good question. I I don't know if I remember. I remember when I had first made Instagram. And I think I just had my name and whatever band I was in's acronym to follow. And I left that band and couldn't come up with something clever. And I think, I don't know, I think it's just because, like, I'm into shooters and, like, you know, RPGs, those, the, you know, the collaboration of the two. So I don't, I don't know. I think I was just kind of just sitting there thinking of uh, just different collaborations of words and, I don't know. I think it just came and stuck to me. I, I, I feel like I probably was watching like a TV show or a movie and heard mended. And that was like, that's, that's clever. You know, like that's, that's an interesting term. I know it's not really like a, you know, very uh, different term. You know, it's, it's used in certain areas, but you don't hear it every day. So I was like, that's, that's an interesting term. And then kind of just since I play shooters, you know, you get shot, there's a wound. So I guess that's kind of, the collaboration of the two terms. All right, cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, what are what's some advice you could give the people who want to start streaming but don't know where to start? Okay, uh, so me also being in the pretty early stages of, of streaming, uh, I pretty much just if you're on console anyway, uh, I hit up my friends list anytime I have people online and invite them to the stream and at least the trial and error that's been working for me is that the more buddies I can get in gives me a higher viewer count. And it, it seems to be once the higher viewer counts in, then you'll start seeing people that you don't know showing up and dropping something in the comments. You know, the content obviously needs to be consistent. I think that's with any type of brand that you're trying to put out there, whether it's a band a t-shirt company, you know, merchandise, you know, even, even a business, you know, you, you need content to be able to drag people in, in this age. And if you don't, or if you aren't consistently putting out content, I feel like you'll lose a lot of potential followers in that window of not putting out content. And, you know, there's guys that do weekly streams and that works for them because when they first started, they were doing, you know, twice, three times a day, and they were a good player. And what they were doing was interesting to the viewers. You know, if you do shooters, you know, 
you want to make sure that you're doing something interesting in the game um, or you're a very competitive player. I feel like a lot of streamers that I've come across on you know, Instagram and Twitch and things like that, they camp and that's not exciting. So that's just not, I mean, people like to see high kill games, you know, very com competitive and, and engaged games. So I think for anybody that's just starting out, you know, uh, just keep grinding, just push, push out content and do as much as you can. Um, whenever you have the free time. All right, cool. Yeah, that's definitely, I try to stay on a schedule myself. Um, it's not so much a stream schedule, but an upload schedule. I'm trying to get on a stream schedule. Um, there? Yeah. I mean, schedules are snow. sick. If, um, you can, if you can post times and dates on when you'll be on to really like push it in people's face and be like, hey, this is the time when you can tune in and be live. You know, that's that can definitely go a long way, especially if you're doing it same days, same times. Then, like, if somebody misses you today, yeah, they'll hit you tomorrow or they'll hit you the following day, you know? Yeah, it's definitely hard. I'm trying to get more into this Twitter and, like, Instagram, too. So, like, uh, you know, it's it's trying to build a social profile is hard. It is. It, it very much so is. And uh, I think the fact that I have a very broad variety of interests is definitely what's helped my personal Instagram. I definitely noticed that I kind of clouded up my personal Instagram with all of my hobbies. And while I'm not going to make a separate Instagram or Facebook page for every single hobby that I'm interested in, I, I did find that my personal Instagram page wasn't doing so hot with, you know, engagement on my streaming and my, my game content. So it's, it seems the people that follow me, cause I think I have like close to like 3000 followers on Instagram and it, uh, the people that follow me on there, I think want to see more music related and movie related. Cause I have a, a very um, interesting collection of, of movies and film. So I, uh, I have followers that want to see that type of content, followers that want to see music content, you know, and I started throwing these game things out there and I'm like, ah, my engagements are pretty low and that kind of feels a certain way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same yeah, time, yeah. that's why I'm like, I went out and made all separate accounts. So that way it wasn't clouding up just the one. All right, cool. Um, so oh, lost my spot. <laughs> all good, Edling, brother. Point. Edling point. Um, Who's your favorite streamer? So I haven't been able to catch him online. I don't know if he's still streaming or not, but I know that he still posts stuff on YouTube. Uh, and I think the reason I'm into him as much as I am is because he's a PS4 console streamer uh, is back off my janks. Uh, he is disgusting. Uh, he's, and he plays Apex Legends mainly. He does do like Warzone and uh, that. What's the new one? Val Valorant, I think, just came out. Uh, a lot of people are switching over to that now. But um, yeah, that guy is just a madman. I like him. I like Civ on Twitch. Uh, Tim the Tap Man. Uh, those guys are just all absolute monsters. Um, who else did I get onto recently? Um, oh, uh, Mr. Kell on uh, on Facebook. That's where he streams exclusively. Is the Facebook Mr. Kell is sick. Very very personable too like uh i i would imagine that's the way he has his monitor set up but he he doesn't really look away from the game and he can still like uh interact with his uh with his chat so i think uh i think that's huge to be able to grab 
almost every single comment coming through that at least isn't redundant and it's not the same question over and over again. But uh, he definitely kills it on engagement for sure. Fantastic. I'll have to check him out. Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's a cool question. That, that, that you caught me off uh, left field there, but uh, yeah, I think so. I've definitely uh, I've definitely had some weird experiences where uh, I want to hear. It. I want to hear. All right. Um, so there's a couple places. So I'm not sure. I'm not entirely too sure on where you're from. Um, but Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Okay. Cool. Um, I, actually, no. I think we we talked about that. So, uh, but in New Jersey, there is a zine uh, that's published still to this day it's been out for several years called weird new jersey and there's a lot of weird unexplained things in this book it's a very big thing new jersey new jerseyans kind of hold real tight onto this thing because uh you know if you know about it you know about it you know it's not something that you stumbled across it's like you sought this out because somebody told you about it and it, it goes through uh, multiple different places all across the state talking about weird phenomenons and interesting things that have happened uh sightings all kinds of weird stuff well some of it i don't really it's meh but there's definitely some that i uh i do i do think uh because i've gone to some of them there's one specifically that's only a 15 minute drive from me um it's in woodstown new jersey which is where i live and it's called muttontown woods and Muttontown Woods was known for um, they used to hang their criminals um, like on this in this tree. It's like a weird if you like Google Maps this place. It's a weird little setup. It's like a giant farm open field. Right. But there's a square patch of trees in this intersection because a, a ro two roads intersect through these patch of trees. So you're literally completely wide open fields all around you. And then there's just this small patch of woods that you're in and out of in a minute and it's kind of a weird vibe and you go there at nighttime and kind of hang out and there's there's been like the weirdest thing that's happened to me when i've gone there was the fact that we you're supposed to go and you're supposed to park your car shut your lights off park at the intersection it's got like this whole list and you do that and uh, you know, kind of just wait there and you're body heats like you know fogging up the windows and it's hard to see out of and you start like wiping the windows down getting the fog off and the one time i went out there I went out there with a couple friends because it was kind of something that we all got into is like you know friend groups would bring people out and we'd all do this and it was pretty cool it was fun it was fun especially when like you'd go a couple times and like nothing would happen so you would just like freak somebody out that was you know with you that hadn't come before and you would just do something you'd be like oh yeah i'm gonna go check this out you know and you just mess with them but with the one time that we went there we're like cleaning off the fog off the windows and uh, again it could have been somebody in the car that staged this i'm always open for interpretation so i never automatically go to conspiracy or uh this is this i always like to hear both sides but there could have been somebody in the car but there was definitely like bop right on the window and uh, we all were kind of just like whoa like that was really really weird and like we got out the car we walked around yeah so that was definitely super strange um and then there's another spot that's also very close called slab town road very weird name it's not really anything that happens there that's too crazy but no matter what time of year you go there 
you see lightning bugs or you at least they appear to be lightning bugs like i, I mean this is kind of the season for lightning bugs i guess but like you could go there dead away and you'll see lightning bugs just hovering around it on this road it's super weird that's uh, nuts so you see like super weird yeah. See, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's what it's told in the Weird New Jersey book, that you see orbs. Um, I can't see how it would be how it would be lightning bugs, but it's definitely something that uh, that multiple people have reported going to Slab Town, seeing these lightning bugs, but we're talking middle of December. It's like you're not seeing lightning bugs in December. It's not happening. That's crazy. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely super into the paranormal stuff. It's super cool. There's a... Uh, the business that's located um, right by my place is uh, the Woodstown Hotel and uh, Hotel Tavern. It was like an old um, horse and buggy stable. It was the first thing built in Woodstown, and uh, the town itself's got some pretty interesting history. And I, I think it was like some like internet blogger um, had come in, and I I talked to the owner about this because it got posted on Patch.com, which is like a new. I think it's just a New Jersey thing. I maybe not. No, it's, it's been everywhere. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I think they just have a state by state section. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this like, you know, bloggers or whatever came and did like an interview with the owner and he was like explaining how like during the prohibition era, like they would smuggle alcohol in and out of this place. And like, there were like tunnels and stuff that led out underneath the, the street and everything. But, uh, yeah, in the article they posted, they had like, they were like, Oh, so we're sitting here at the bar and, enjoying a nice scotch and from across the bar a man looks over it was very storytell like it was like it didn't seem personable it seemed like i have added things to this story to make it better than what it was but it was like she said she saw this man at the bar then she pulled the bartender over and asked if who that man was and the person or the bartender didn't didn't see that person and i was just like ah, i don't know about that one i mean like again you know i'm uh, I'm, I always like to see two sides of things. So maybe if I had spoke to this person in person, maybe uh, the, the the reaction I had with her, the experience I had with her in person, maybe would change my mind. But from reading the article, the wording was very poor, in my opinion. So it, it kind of lost all validity. All right. Yeah, I know that patch.com is, I think it takes a lot of like, maybe, uh, I don't think they vet their uh uh, what did they call that? Journalists very well. Yeah, yeah. If anybody can be a thing for Patch, like gotcha. Okay, I think that's how that yeah, works. I mean, might make sense, especially in this situation. Yeah, but uh, all right, it's still pretty cool though. I like ghost yeah. stories though. That's why. Well, I check out Weird New Jersey. Uh, I know, a, I know, it's a bit of a hike from from Rhode Island, but if you ever catch yourself down here and you get a couple, because like, they're digital too, you can just go online and look up stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely check out Weird New Jersey. It's uh, it's a cool read. Fantastic. All right. So uh, I wanted to play a song uh, called Silk for you, you know, not for you, but uh, for the audience. Uh, you know, it's your song. Uh, one of yours, the band stay. Uh, so, yeah, I got caught off guard by the ghost thing, but <laughs> that's OK. I love that. That so, was that was great. Why don't you say a little bit about the about the, the song before we play it, I guess. Cool. So Silk is the first song. Sorry. Second song that we wrote as a full band and that makes it very special uh to all of us because for what's on most of the album were maddie's songs that we had changed into 
a full band's, you know, um, composition. Whereas Silk and Marigold were both songs we collectively wrote as a unit. And both of those songs, for me, not because the other songs aren't up to their part at all. It's nothing to do with that. It's solely based on the fact that for Marigold and Silk, those were the first two songs that I was able to bring guitar work into a band and it be okayed and greenlighted by everybody. And uh, the, uh, the song itself, I'm very, very proud of overall. Fantastic. And here it is. This is Silk by Stay. No, that's Skin, not Silk. That's so cute. You can hear that?
I wish I knew the actual chords to that. I would have played it, but I don't. I'll send you a tab with your brother. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a that's a good ass song right there. Thanks, Nami. I appreciate that. Um, my bass is out of tune like crazy. But yeah, I have looked at that my... was that was in open E, and we tuned to uh, C a C sharp standard. So that was way out <laughs> from what that was. Yeah. I never understood the uh, the aspect of multiple tunings. Like, Dude, I'm, if, if experimenting on a guitar with open tunings, well, it, tunings in general is it creates an entirely different lane of creativity. Whereas, shit, a guitar player that knows four chords, if they just adjust different tunings, especially if you get into open chord tunings like open E, which is what that's in, you strum open and it's an E chord. So you just play the same chords that you're normal, uh, that you're used to. Uh, and as long as, obviously, the, the key is in the, the right phrase, uh, you really can open up a lot of different sounds than by playing the same exact thing that you're used to. Just power chords, you know, with some open strings at the, op at the end. A lot of it really helps out with, especially if you're getting into, like, math rock and, like, tapping and arpeggios and stuff like that. You get... Uh, a lot more opens up with uh, open tuning because everything sounds good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I only know standard. That's all I know. Like, I'm Love not standard, man. Standard is great. Most of the songs on the record are in standard. I'm no musician. I'm just a guy who kind of figured out how to play bass and piano a little bit. Dude, and both very sick instruments. I love bass and I love piano. I just know enough to be able to write my own music and like that's it. That's my... Boom. Music, like, Especially just, if you can sit in front of a computer with a keyboard, like a MIDI keyboard, you can... Sky's the limit, man. You can do all yeah. kinds of stuff. Sweet. Um, wow, why is it? Why I don't know why there's so much distortion on this. Uh, it's been bad, but not too bad. Um, so, why is it doing on me now? Another editing point. Check one, two, check, check. Hold on. Check one, two, check, check. Yeah, it's not me. I think it's coming through you through your speaker. Uh, might be. Um, would headphones be better? Yeah, we could try that. That'd be great. Really, I, I should have asked you to try this earlier. But... Come on, stay still. All right, is that better? Uh... Hey, hey. Uh, do check one. Check, check, check. Hey, hey, hey. Check, I'm check, still check. doing it, man. There's got to be something wrong with your phone. Weird, I just got this one. Yeah, it's Brand spanking new out the box. It might be <laughs> the fact that I'm in, like, Safari right now, maybe on the phone. I'm not sure. I don't know. Check, 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 check. It's still doing it on me, too. I don't know. I... That's really weird. weird. I've never had this happen before. Oh, no. uh, leave, it, leave it to me. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll just continue on and I'll edit this cool. part out. Um, where were we? We just did Silk. Um, All right, cool. So, do you have a do you have a car? 
Sure do. What do you think about when you're alone in your car? So I would say I'm I'm real big into podcasts. So I definitely listen to like comedy stuff more or less. I listen to like the Tom Segura podcast, uh, Your Mom's House, with yep. him, him and him and his wife. Love that. Super funny. Um, but then I also listen to um, uh, what's it called? Uh, forum. Uh, forum. Forum source, I think it's called, but it's uh, it's basically like a hardcore like talk show where they have like guys on from different hardcore bands and they talk about music and stuff and that's very it's it's cool because I kind of just kind of zone out and just like I drive I deliver for Amazon so like that's my that's my day job and I'm driving all day long so it's music and podcasts all day and I kind of rotate them out with like every other week so listening to music all day every day very desensitizing uh it gets to the point where things start blending together and it becomes a little less enjoyable so i break that up with podcasts and then the podcasts get a little redundant or i've just gone through so many that you know i'm out until the following week's episode so um i use apple music and they have um curated playlists that come out um there's four different ones that i follow every week uh ones is your friends mix so it's everything that my friends on apple music are listening to it puts that into a playlist and i just shuffle through that and then i have uh chill mix which is my library whatever they consider to be chill uh, and then there's your favorites mix which goes through your most listened to songs uh and then the other one is new music so it's artists that are currently in your library uh, that have put out new music and then it shuffles through that. So going through those, I definitely uh, kind of Zen out and vibe out. I think a lot what I think about when I'm driving is what I could, how I can incorporate what this band does into how I'm currently writing um, in terms of a music uh, standpoint. Um, Other times I'm kind of just, thinking about what my next move is like uh you know what what could i be doing today when i'm done work or even if i take a 15 minute break while i'm driving and uh, you know pull over and do something uh productive for the band the band is on the the band is on the mind uh, a very frequent amount um i definitely try to make it a healthy amount because i know for some people that they're like workaholics and it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know for some people, um, the, it becomes very lackluster. People really fall out of playing music because they're so engulfed in it and it's all they can think about. And I mean, that's any job. It's like you work at McDonald's and you work there for two years and it's, you can't eat the food anymore. It's kind of the same premise in my head. And I try not to surround myself with that all the time. So, uh, I definitely kind of try and think about what my next move is or like what I could be doing, um, you know, to, to better myself or, you know, uh, a lot of the things that pass through the mind too, are like, um, I, I have, I have a girlfriend of six years, we live together and, uh, you know, w- what, uh, you know, dinner is a big topic, <laughs> you know, what's on the menu. So what we're going to eat for dinner that night, you know, try and figure that kind of stuff out We're we're big foodies. So, uh, that's a big one. Movies too. That's a, uh, that's another big one. That's like one of my huge 
passions is uh, is the film industry, and uh, I don't really have any um, uh, I don't really have any aspirations to get into the film industry. That's not really I, I like being a fan. I, I I much prefer that. I know how it is in a music standpoint of being on the end of the musician and not the listener. And I know that I'm not saying that being the musician has killed the music world for me, but I know that like for a lot of people that get into the film industry as a fan, it kind of blows it for them. And I really don't have, I don't know. I just don't, I just, it's not for me. I, I wouldn't want to get into the film industry, but I, I, I collect movies. Um, I'm constantly curating different movies um, for either my, myself or other people. Um, so it's uh it's it's a big big thing that i think about on a weekly basis it's not a daily but i definitely want to think about like oh like when i get home tonight like wh wh what are we going to watch tonight it's gonna be something new it's gonna be something we've watched a million times before that just you know brings enjoyment you know so it's kind of it kind of goes like that yeah i mean other than that there's i'm kind of just zoning out to whatever i'm listening to whether it's podcast or music okay um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. Uh, while you were talking, I figured out what the what the problem was. With the I heard distortion. it went away. Huh? Yeah, I, I heard it. It went away. Yeah, I hope. So that means it's probably on the recording, which sucks. But um, hopefully it's not. But uh, yeah, I don't know why it was. I don't know why it was doing it because it's never done it before. And I've had the, all the same settings. But it's something to do with my mixer. I don't know why. Um, I've, I've brought the bad luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was. I really don't. I'll have to check it out later. But it's never done it before. And it's, not even, it's not even clipping on the meter. It was just going up to like where it normally goes to and just clipping. Like, Interesting. I don't get it. But hopefully it's not on the recording. That's going to suck. But <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, so anyways... Um, if you could trade places with any other person for a week, living or not, famous or dead, I'd mess that one up. If you could trade places with any other person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional, who could it be? Mm, real or fictional. That's a, that's a game changer. Um, so before you hit me with the real or fictional, uh, I immediately went to, uh, Jim Morrison immediately head went right there. Uh, he, was the doors is probably out of like that era of music uh probably one of my all-time favorite bands uh, it's it's really close in in runnings with them and black sabbath for older bands um but yeah i don't know man jim morrison was crazy and uh he did a lot of crazy stuff some of it i definitely would not want to 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 partake in but uh it's just the and it's not even like the fact that I would want his like fame and notoriety because honestly, I'm, I'm not, I, it's not that I'm a, I'm a very much a people person, but I, I don't like to soak in my own, you know, uh, glory, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out for, you know, trying to be this giant name or celebrity, but uh, just for the fact that like, traveling is another one of my big passions so i really like uh adventuring exploring new areas and at that time he was all over the place obviously also with the other members of the doors but uh you know i for him to be able to pioneer and be as creative as he was uh in that time um i just 
I think that he is or was uh, a very uh, moving character in that era of life and music, like immensely. You know, I think him and what he did for the music industry as a vocalist, as a singer songwriter, as a poet, I think all of that goes leaks beyond anybody else at that time, in my opinion. Obviously, there's going to be so many other people out there that are like, oh, Bob Dylan, you know, his songs and his poetry. I just couldn't get into into Dylan. That's just personal preference. The Doors, that was it for me. Your 60s and 70s, when I think of that era of music, The Doors immediately. Um, you start getting late 70s and like, well, early 70s still, but like Sabbath is still right up there, you know, huge, huge um, change in the uh, sound of music solely based on them, in my opinion. So I think uh, I think both of those bands did a lot for the music industry and where it's at now. You know, you, you probably wouldn't have most of your hardcore bands without Sabbath or metal oh, or real. any of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself on how weird you are. <clears throat> so, uh, I would say, to the public, 5. Okay. In my own head, uh, probably like 8, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe right. 8, maybe 8. Yeah, yeah, I would say 8. Uh, I don't know. It's not that I have any, like, um, there's not a lot of stuff that I hide, per se, but it's, uh, I don't know, I just, like, I have weird tendencies and uh, definitely things that other people don't really get to see that it happens on my own time where I'm just like, it's kind of like OCD, like picky moments, you know? So I, I definitely find those elements of my life weird. And uh, I don't know, I'm, my, my, my joke or my, my, uh, my comedy threshold is, is, is pretty high. So and, and the type of things that make me laugh are, there, there's a wide spectrum. So yeah, I would say eight. Yeah, right, cool. Um, what's the strangest thing that's ever happened to you? Strangest thing. Um, so I'll just go with what came off the top of my head. And if that somehow changes and I think of something else, I'll, I'll hit that too. But the strangest thing that ever happened to me that I probably had to go through was uh, it was like 2014, maybe 2015. Uh, I was, we, so I lived on, I've lived on a farm when I, when I lived at my parents, I, we, we had like a 20 acre, uh, nursery farm and, uh, lots of land, lots of animals <laughs> are always outside critters, you know, turkeys and chickens and cats because there was a dairy farm nearby. So people would drop off stray cats at the dairy farm and stray cats will do what stray cats do, which is stray. And, uh, they would come onto our property and there'd be plenty of food and yada yada a lot of cats okay. so um well one of the cats that we had on the property for several years uh was acting kind of fishy and the dog i had at the time like him and the dog or the cat and the dog got along pretty well and the cat like scratched like the dog in the face and you know i was like yo like you know what's going on here and i went to like go pet the cat and the cat bit my finger and I was just like, damn, yo, like you're being a little asshole. Like that's, you know, that's not cool. So I go about my day. I wind up going to a friend's house later that day and get a call from my dad. My dad's like, hey, you got to come home. And I'm like, why? What's up? And he's like, well, come to find out that cat, very rabid. Uh, it attacked me. Uh, no, it didn't attack him. It attacked my grandmother. And 
So my, like, I guess my grandmother was outside maybe doing weeds or, you know, some gardening of sorts and the cat just attacked her and tore up her legs and this whole nine. And then I get home. I'm like, all right, I'm coming home right now. I leave my friend's house on my way home, pull into the driveway, uh, animal controls in the driveway already. So like I'm walking up to the house and like I pull up and I get out and I see this cat and this thing looks like the like creature from like the ring or like the grudge. Like it was just contorted in ways that nothing alive should be like, it was just, it was a gross sight and it was like freaking out foam. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's rabid. That's, <laughs> that's not good. So animal control takes it away. That whole process goes through. We call the doctors. Doctor says, Hey, you know, you got to come in for shots. So we're like, all right, that's, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, we're going to send the, the cat off to get tested to make sure that it was rabies. And I was like, well, I, from that site, I, I've never seen anything like that in my life, at least in person. So I'm pretty sure that was rabies. So we go to the hospital. We start getting these shots. So this, the shots were terrible, but not as bad as apparently as it used to be. So the shot was I had, when, I, when we first went in, I had to get a shot in the finger, like right on like here. And, oh. like, and it was super weird because like there's where can you inject anything in that area? It was the worst. Oh, and, I don't uh, ever want this. Yes, it's terrible. So uh, the injection of the finger and then one in the inner um, uh, arm on each side, like right here and then inner thigh. So four, five shots the first time, four shots every two weeks for the next two months. My God. And it was terrible. So it was me and my grandmother had to go do this. And uh, we get a call from like the animal control people like the, the following week with the follow-up portal on the cat. And they're like, yeah. So by the time the head got to the testing center or whatever, it was too decomposed to test. So we don't really know if it was rabies or not. And I'm like, well, you know what? Better yet. Cause you know, it was definitely mangled and messed up. So whatever it had, I'm getting some serious medicine injected to me right now. And hopefully whatever it was kills it. <laughs> so that's and, nuts. Uh, that was the first thing that came to my mind when uh, when you hit me with that. I would say that that was probably one of the strangest things that's uh, that's happened. That's would, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it sucked. And I hate needles. And I have tattoos, but they don't correlate the same to me. That's, no, it's not. not the same. One's one's veins and further under the skin. The other one's just the surface. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd take a tattoo before a needle any day. Any day. Any yeah. day. I hate needles. I hate shots and getting IVs and stuff. Oh yeah, the worst. Like the absolute worst. I've had eye surgery twice and like just like ugh, like waking up and there's like an IV in your arm. There's like nothing worse than that. IV ugh, eye surgery. Like what? Yeah, yeah. So I used to have when I was younger I had a drifting eye. My right eye uh it was lazy as fuck. And hopefully I can say that on here. Sorry. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it just would start moving on its own. And it was pretty terrifying as a kid. And, like, I got picked on real hard for it. So it, I got laser eye surgery twice. The first time it fixed it, uh, it didn't. So I uh, had to go back and have the surgery done again. And the second time it fixed it. Uh, but it, um, like, I was 20-20 vision going into the surgeries. And after the second one, uh, it made me nearsighted which i can't see far away so that's crazy now yeah, that's i'm terrifying. a slave to the glasses 
unfortunately terrifying but yeah yeah that's not cool at all <laughs> and at 12 years old it's even less cool <laughs> oh, i couldn't imagine that laser eye surgery shit terrifies me too at least i was asleep <laughs> oh damn um all right cool enough being cringed that's creeping me out um <laughs> what's the uh what's the funniest thing that happened to you oh man all right so this is kind of popping up with the strangest thing so this is a story that I absolutely love telling because it's definitely something that uh, comes up quite often in conversation around a specific group of friends of mine. So uh, a band that I used to play in, uh, if you're into video games, we were named after a video game, The World Ends With You. Uh, and nobody in the band ever played the game. So I'm not sure how we wind up wound up on that name, but we got that name. So we did, uh, we were on the road for like close to 30 days. So... We were in Florida and we, so I had, I think I was 20, 19, something like that on this run. Yeah, yeah, I was probably like 18, 19. So we play at this club. They had a bar. I wound up having some drinks and uh, had a couple too many. Wound up falling asleep in the van after we played, after we played. So I fell asleep in the van and and the best part about the story is that I have no involvement in it, which is really funny. And you'll find out why. But so uh, I fall asleep in the van and I don't wake up till morning. So we're going to we're going to keep it in the correct timeline here. So I, I fall asleep in the van. They drive back. We stayed at a motel that night. And the next morning I wake up and I get out of the van. And right before we left for the gig the night before, there were these um, very angry and as the rest of the band described them, softball players, uh, male and female. And that was just the adjective to describe the group of people that these people, I, I, where softball people or softball players came from, no idea. Okay. But that was just the term that was landed on them. So these softball players were outside and they had, um, they had pulled us aside and like were talking to us because our vocalist mom, um surprised us with a decal for the side of our van it was our logo so big van big trailer giant the world ends with you logo on the side of the van these people saw that and saw new jersey license plate tags so they're adding the math up in their head figured it was a band we got to talking with them the night before before we left for the gig that night so we uh and it was all friendly conversation. Everything was cool. Um, just, you know, uh, you in a band, you know, this, that, and the other. So I wake up the next morning in the van. I get out the van. I walk up to our room and these softball players are like kind of lined up on the balcony, like the railing. And they're just sitting there and I wave to them. Hey, how's it going guys? You know, um, super casual friendly. I didn't get a response from them. They were kind of like stink eyeing me the whole time. I was just like, all right, whatever. That's cool. So I like knock on the door and nobody answers the door to our hotel room. And it was us and one other band that stayed in one room. So I'm kind of glad that like I slept in the van because I would have, you know, actually had space to sleep. Yeah. You know, if, if I had slept in the room with everybody, there was nowhere like just the worst. So finally somebody like comes up to the door and goes, yo, who is it? And I'm like, yo, it's Skeeter. My nickname I had in the band at the time. I'm like, yo, it's Skeeter. Let me in. And they were like, oh, my God, we forgot about Skeeter. And they opened the door and they let me in. So I get inside. Everybody's like all like 
like literally ready to fight and i like they were like like people were like in shorts and like boxers like people were just like ready to like like brawl and i was just like yo what's going on everybody and they were like dude you missed the craziest night and i was just like all right lay it on me so what had happened was <laughs> they uh they pull up back to the venue and it, they just decide not to wake me up they let me sleep in the van mind you july in florida super hot so <laughs> they were like, yeah, so we get out of the van and we noticed all the softball players were all hanging out poolside. So we go up, we get our bathing suits on and we come downstairs and we join him in the pool and we got to talking and then like things got brought up of different beliefs, whether it was politics or religion. I don't know. There was a disagreement and apparently it was a very harsh disagreement where it was best to part ways or it would have got ugly. So bass player in the band at the time, Tim, probably funniest guy I know. We bought a shitload of fireworks in Virginia, a mm -hmm. shitload. And we had Roman camp. I mean, we had the, we had the works. So Tim goes out to the van, grabs all these fireworks and comes back up to the room. And they're all still out by the poolside. So he decides to take these Roman candles and like these like cherry bomb things. I don't know. Nothing that would have caused anybody true dismay but start shooting fireworks at people all right like regardless of how uh, how light i'm trying to put it he's shooting fireworks at people well, <laughs> it just breaks out into this giant rage and they start running like up to the room which of course they would why wouldn't they what you know what i mean and this whole like banging on the doors and like yelling through the doors the cops get called and the cops show up they want to come in our room. They open the door. They see a bunch of people, like 10, 12 people in a two-bedroom room. We, I guess, explained the details to them. And the cops were like, all right. And they reprimanded the softball team. Apparently, somebody in our room totally flipped it over onto the other people. And they were like, they were harassing us outside, calling us names, and like telling us to get out of their town. And then they started shooting fireworks at us. So <laughs> the softball team gets reprimanded. And that's probably why I got the stink eye in the morning. So while that was a very long story, it was odd. It was just, I wish I was awake because I would have been able to have a good laugh and experience that. But I trust me, I got all the laughs out when that was explained to me. So they were in your room? The they never team? got in. They never got in. I thought the, you said the they were on the balcony. Players. They were like, so they were on the balcony. So it was like, how it was set up was like you had to walk up like steps and then all the rooms, it was like an open balcony, like, like walkway. And then there was like room, 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 room along this balcony. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So when I woke up, they were like, I guess out in front of their room, but on the balcony still nonetheless. Oh, and okay. uh, so they never got into our room. They were just banging on the door trying to get in. But uh, yeah, they didn't succeed, and then the cops were called, probably by somebody else that was pissed at all the yelling and you know fireworks exploding. <laughs> That's nuts. That's it was crazy, a good time. Dude. <laughs> um, it was a good time. Wow! All right. <laughs> that's nuts that's that's a crazy story all right um so yeah that's pretty much all i have why don't you plug everything shout out again do whatever you want cool um, um so if you have apple music we are on there search i will never ask you to all one word best way to find us spotify same deal i will never ask you to all one word uh facebook you can look up stay or you can look up i will never ask you to either one will work um we are from new jersey so 
you know, please go to the page that says New Jersey. We are on Twitter at never ask you to because for some reason they wouldn't let us put that long of a title as the username. So it's never ask you to on Twitter if you use that and uh, that platform. And then Instagram is I will never ask you to on all those platforms. Uh, it's it's been a little dry lately, obviously since um, you know COVID. We don't really have a lot to post uh, aside from just flat out posting things that we're working on, which we'd rather fix and orchestrate to you know uh, a, a professional standing and, and go track them at a, at a professional studio um but the content has been a little light recently um but we have a youtube page with our two music videos we have live videos on there as well um all you got to look up is you know stay i will never ask you to the whole thing comes up um you know and then on the instagram we post more frequently on instagram uh it's just a better outlet for um uh, where we get the most engagement from uh twitter is okay occasionally um, but, uh, we noticed that being able to give a video or a, a photo description of, of an event, uh, is definitely more appealing to our, uh, our fans. So the Instagram account, if y'all that are tuning in, uh, have an Instagram is I will never ask you to, and that's where we are usually the most active on along with Facebook. All right. Sweet. Um, all right, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been cool talking to you and getting Likewise, to know you bro, a little this bit. This is awesome. Sweet. Uh, everybody, this is Caleb Kerr from the band Stay. Caleb is also a live streamer who goes by the name Mended Wounds on Twitch and YouTube. Everybody, this is the Hey, How's It Going show. <laughs>